This is the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 41. I'm Thomas. I'm Matt. I'm Austin. And I'm Jaden. We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation. Because the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets, we're also working you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Welcome back to the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 41. We uh, we went on a little hiatus. We, we missed two weeks posting episodes, and that, that's that's our bad. Sorry, guys. But we are back, and we actually we posted an episode last week uh, called The Boys Go Backpacking. Me, Matt, and Casey went on a backpacking trip and kind of talked about everything that we talked about while we were out there. It was a really good time. It was kind of an eye-opening experience. We talked about some of the philosophical and theological conversations that we had while we were out there and what being out there for two days kind of teaches you when you're kind of alone with your thoughts no cell phone nothing so go back give that episode a listen it's a real good one and we will start with this episode how you guys been good man you've been you've been living <clears throat> pretty tired not gonna lie <laughs> Um, but I'm doing good. Yeah, you, you and Maddie, you had the Ronas. Had the Rona. You guys, are... I've had colds that were worse. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are feeling better. Yeah, we're good. She still can't taste, but that takes a while to come back. Yeah, I didn't have mine back for a while. Um, my mom's pretty sick right now. I think it's the Rona, but she'll be okay. Everybody Rona. Yeah, everybody's got the Rona right now. It's. I think she'll be okay. Um, it's not that not that big of a deal. I say that, but it is people die but moving on this week i think we're going to talk a a little mixture of things kind of a update and getting into some of our exodus bible study and matt went to catholic mass this morning so we're going to talk about his experience because he just kind of wanted to go feel the waters test it out and see what was up so matt um okay so let's take a couple steps back um before we go there um we were studying exodus um, as you get further into the book, a little bit further than you're at, Jaden. Um, yeah, so so Matt is way ahead of me. He's at like 30. I'm stuck at around chapter 10 and 12, which is the actual exodus when they leave Egypt. And I was saying earlier why I'm stuck there. And I didn't want to tell you guys until we got on the episode. But it's it, I'm stuck there because of this thing called the numbers problem. And to to give you a short form Reader's Digest version... It says when the Israelites left Egypt, they left with 600,000 men, not including women and children. And 600,000 men is just counting the men that were able to travel, not even counting the older men. That's crazy to band together that many people. Well, so you don't even understand how many people that actually is. So it says 600,000 men, not not including the old men that couldn't walk, or women, or children, or cattle. The approximate... uh, population of them with 600,000 men is about 2 to 3 million. The that number doesn't make sense. And here's why. In numbers when they actually get into the land of Canaan, it talks about the Israelites being the smallest numbered nation out of all of them and it lists seven other nations and their populations. If you take the population of all of those nations and you add it together, it is about 23 million out of all of those people. And that is about the population of Texas. The land of Canaan is about the size of New Jersey. So you're taking the population of Texas and shoving it in the size of New Jersey. And that's not including cattle. 
That's not include that. That's assuming that all land in the size of New Jersey is livable. It, it's not obviously. There's there's you got lakes and rivers and mountains and stuff like that that you can't live on. So it's it's a huge issue that biblical scholars and theologians talk about because it just logistically makes no sense at all. And the solution that I've found to it is that back in those days they would inflate those numbers on purpose to show militaristic power or give glorification to the king or deity just to say like oh they have this many men so i think i think that's like the kind of accepted reason because like we are reading if we go nowadays and take a census like that we are like to the t it's this many people back then they didn't do that at all they inflated those numbers on purpose to make themselves look bigger. And when you when you put yourself in the shoes of a biblical reader and or writer, you kind of are ready for that. You're accepting that and you understand that that is how it's written and how they do it because that's how the Babylonians did it, it's how like the it's how all of them did it. And so that that numbers problem that you run into, it's kind of just like well, yeah, they wrote the wrong number on purpose. Mm-hmm. But that that I'm stuck in areas like that, and that's why I'm at a much slower pace. So I don't I don't even remember covering that. <laughs> well, it, it it's not something that you would really cover when you read it. It's kind of just it's six hundred thousand men, not including women and children, and then it keeps going. Yeah. But I, I've been listening to a lot of like lectures from professors and stuff like that about this stuff. So that's why I just am at a much slower pace. But hopefully one day I'll catch up to you. You starting to miss university or something? Or I miss it so much. And that's that's something that I've always said. People are like, why'd you drop out of college? It's not because I didn't love learning. I love to learn. I love to listen to lectures. I love to listen to people that are much smarter than me on topics. I just hated school. Yeah. I hated the way that it was set up. Um, and, and I live by a, a, a motto slash philosophy that if you stop learning, you die. If I If I one day just quit trying to learn then I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to be anything. So I I love to learn. I love to listen to lectures of teachers and stuff like that, but I hated taking tests on it afterwards where the questions didn't make any sense to what you taught me. Huh. But continue. You are a little bit farther ahead. Yeah, so <clears throat> um, as they are building, at, uh, at, I don't know, probably 10 chapters after where you're at, um, somewhere around... Exodus, eh, a little bit more than that. Somewhere around Exodus 30, I would say. Um, a little bit before that, actually. But they start talking about um, building, um, is it the tabernacle? Or yeah. another place of like worship? Like the tent temple? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they start building that in the directions to the pieces that they're commanded to build are so specific and so articulate in in how they how God wants this thing designed and extremely ornate as well yeah and plated with gold and as you just think about some of these things that they're talking about building just from the tables to all the other furniture inside of the temple and things like that um, it's it's so in-depth and so detail oriented and to me all of those things aren't really important whether it's plated with gold or just rusty metal, it doesn't really matter as far as like spirituality goes to me because it's not anything. There's a spiritual realm and a physical realm. Anything that happens in the spiritual realm, the physical realm doesn't really have anything to do with. Like how your mom's like big into the sage stuff and that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get that, but like I also don't really understand it because how do those two worlds mesh? They have to sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that that would be through some type of. Are you asking a question? No. Okay. I, I would. They, they have to mesh sooner or later in order for there to be some type of connection there. Um, but as far as a physical connection goes, it's kind of hard to comprehend. And why would that mean anything to God? And I started thinking about it more inside of how, like, what we wear to what we wear to church, like the non-denominational church, and a, a lot of the other. Um, different denominations it doesn't matter what i mean i mean the bible does talk about just come as you are 
inside of the church. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter in a sense, but I feel like the reverent, I feel like we've taken the reverence away from worshiping and serving and we don't take it quite as serious as like the Israelites took it. Mm -hmm. And that's depicted inside of Exodus. So as I'm reading through this chapter, I'm thinking like, okay, are we not taking church serious enough how they put on the robes and cleanse themselves before they go in? And there's multiple different layers of the uh, tabernacle or whatever um, that unless you were like the high priest or whatever, you couldn't go into. And we, we talked about that um, on our backpacking trip. Yes. Because I, I wish that you would have gotten to this part in Exodus. Well, so I, I got to the Egyptian side of it. Yeah. Where I was wondering what the actual effects of the the what are they? The plagues. I was wondering what the actual like why why locusts? Why lice? Why anything like that? And so I got into some Egyptian history and this might be something new to you both, Thomas and Mac. The priests in Egypt, which were in the Bible it calls them sorcerers and magicians. It they call them that because the actual Egyptian word means like sorcerer, but it's the priest they had to the priests and the pharaoh had to shave their entire bodies clean every like two weeks or something weird like that because they couldn't enter the temple unclean and so lice made it so that they like were covered in something unclean where they couldn't enter the temple anymore and all of these bugs made it so that the priests could no longer do their job they couldn't worship their deities anymore and so that was step one of God taking the power away from their idols. And then the boils came. And the boils, it, act, it says that the priests couldn't even be in, in Pharaoh's presence or something, something like that. And that's either they were in so much pain that they couldn't get out of bed because these boils were all over their body. Or that they were so unclean that they couldn't be in the presence of Pharaoh because Pharaoh was seen as a god incarnate he was seen as the son of one of these actual gods so they couldn't be in his presence and so by these plagues they literally shut down all gods of egypt and if if you really look into it all of the gods had like certain figureheads like the flies there was a there was a god in egypt that had a fly head and he was in charge of fertility or something and then there was an oh no it was the god with the frog head was in charge of some type of fertility and he completely knocked her out and then the fly one knocked her out like him out and it just he one by one started knocking all these gods out until literally the priests could no longer do their job and so that that's kind of what we were getting to where you got to have this reverence and god was building his reverence there mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um, and <clears throat> they took their time of worship in these ceremonies, in these sacraments, very, very seriously. And some of the stuff that they did, that God commanded them to do inside their ceremonies was weird. Almost sounding like um, like witch potions in some of the things that, that they were making. Um, like mix this oil with, uh, with this blood and then sprinkle this into very very odd like you hear like those witch like putting things in the culture like Yee -hee -hee. <laughs> yeah like that kind of deal like that's that is what it sounded like it's very odd it made me think like okay i don't know what what that does um and how it pierces the um pierces the wall between the physical veil. realm and the spiritual realm the veil yes well, I didn't want to use veil because I didn't want to get that confused with like the tabernacle, like whenever no, the veil think, was pierced. No, I think I think it's literally kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess because so. because when Jesus oh, died, the the yes. veil in the tabernacle in the temple was torn. Yes. And it was it was him tearing the between the two realms. Right, 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 right. Hmm, that's interesting. I told you that. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, Anyhow, so as I'm reading that, I'm thinking like, okay, they take this very seriously. There's a lot of respect there and a lot of nitty-gritty details that seem like stupid things that I don't know why they're doing them. But 
whatever it is, holds some type of reverence in brushing shoulders with the spiritual realm. And I don't know it and I can't understand it, but I know it's probably not something to mess with. <laughs> so I think this takes a step back into putting yourself in the shoes of the reader slash writer. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the place where they were because we, we as people now are not what they were. They were a completely different type of people. They had different beliefs, different values. Everything was different in their mindset than it is to us today. So when, when you're reading these things, you have to just take yourself out of who you are and put yourself into the shoes of that writer and or reader. Because it, the, as much as the Bible, like people like to say the Bible was, it's a living document and it like you can read it now and still get stuff out of it. Yeah, you can, but it wasn't written for us. It was written for people 2,000 years ago. And those people have very different mindsets than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was kind of one of the big things. I think we actually touched on that with uh, an episode with Malencia. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's just kind of one of those things where you're, you're taking yourself, you know, 2,000 plus years ahead in time and... Who knows at that point what was actually there, what wasn't. Like if you're into the the whole lost technology and all that stuff, and yeah, um, but oh yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's definitely an episode. Those pyramids don't make no sense, boy. But uh, yeah, so like even even in um, today's language and everything. Like, you could even look at English, kind of going back to what you were saying, as a living language, per se, because it's constantly changing, constantly adapting to, like, new cultures and everything like that. So, kind of taking yourself almost completely out of that context of, you know, 2021, where we're at right now, and then putting yourself back into the times before color tv and it's, it's so hard stuff. to do yeah it's it, nearly like you you uh, couldn't unless you are studying that like full-time yeah like, like the, you can't get yourself to a point where it's the things that i read and that i've learned through going through genesis and exodus when we've done this i could not have done without the prior knowledge that i've gained throughout my whole life if i didn't go to bible school my whole life and I didn't learn all of these basics and everything was pounded into my head, I wouldn't be able to come to these conclusions that I've been coming to because I, I wouldn't understand how to even read the Bible, let alone take myself and put myself in the shoes of someone 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because the, like when I'm reading these passages and when I'm listening to these lectures, I'm trying to understand what they saw. And... and like that's why the the number inflation thing that I'm talking about in Exodus, that's why that was such a huge thing in my mind. I was like, it doesn't make any sense to us, but back then, that's what everyone did. Everyone inflated the numbers to make themselves sound greater. And why would we think the Israelites any different? Because they were a nation that had an army that conquered other nations. So they're exactly the same as all the other things in history. And so if you go through and you're trying to say, well, the Bible's not allowed to do that because the Bible has to be perfect. In English. In, in English, by the way. But if you go and you, you're like, well, then the Bible's not real because the Bible's not perfect because they inflated those numbers. Well, then every other document you've ever read from history can't be true either because all of those numbers are inflated. Every militaristic document from back in this time era was inflated. That's what they did. So was it really 300 Spartans? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, they took that's a, a small story. number. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that brings up an interesting thing. In, uh, in Judges, you have, I think it's Gideon. Uh, God tells him to take like 30 men to kill an entire nation. Mm-hmm. Wh- why? Like, the, is that the right number? Honestly, I, would, I, I think it was 300, actually. No, it started 300. And then remember they went to the river and they drank? Mm. And it took him down like a bunch. Like if they drink like a dog. Yeah, if if they lap the water up like a dog, then tell them to leave. And if they pick it up with their hands, keep them. Which is really weird. 
Yeah, why does that matter? <laughs> I don't know. Let's wait. Let's let's. It's probably like an unclean thing. Like maybe let's stick to yeah. Let's stick to exorcism. <laughs> well, Thomas has to find this number now. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, continue with the reverence thing because this is a very interesting path to go down. Um. Yeah. So. I started thinking. Uh, all right. So maybe maybe the non-denominational church. Maybe we're not taking it seriously. Maybe we should present ourselves to God as clean and as best we can. So, I thought. Well, the Catholic Church obviously has a great reputation for um, ceremonies, sacraments. Um, traditions. Yes, traditions, ritualistic type deals. So I thought, all right, um, I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a crack. Um, so this Sunday I thought, okay, so my, my thought was maybe we're not taking it seriously enough, maybe like, the Catholics are onto something. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Catholic Church a crack. I know nothing about Catholicism. Before he finishes, I'm gonna preface this with he sent me a snap this morning of him in the church and he said, I'm gonna give this Catholic thing a try. <laughs> and then about two or three hours later I get another snap of him in the car in like button down and a tie and he goes, Well that was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> so continue. Um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't Can know any take a time out real quick. Yeah. I have a, a question for you Mm -hmm. um so like whenever it comes to uh catholicism especially is a name that you hear a lot but whenever you get into the mindset of like this is this is like a prestigious sort of church environment it at what point does it become more of glory for self than glory for god and like that's one of the big things that i have with traditions especially is the fact that it's like does this tradition actually have a purpose at this point or are we just doing it because Mm -hmm. that's just how we've done it yeah and um i think that is what i because i i did some more research on the catholic church and from like i said i guess i should preface with i i did a lot of research before going and a lot of research afterwards but just like you said Jaden. If you grow up around something, you know it inside and out. And that is what I know. And obviously stepping into this, I didn't want to be biased whatsoever or have any preconceived notions before I went in. And that's hard. And right. it's admirable that you tried. Right. And, and, and it's, it's nearly impossible. I would, I would say it's nearly impossible because you're in a completely different mindset with a completely different perspective. Um, it's without having that background knowledge going into it it's kind of like um seeing a picture in black and white versus being raised in it and seeing it as color Mm -hmm. so it's it was very different but i I did my best to not have any type of preconceived notions or anything like that because as we've talked about before i'm not a big advocate of religion but i am spirituality and from what i understand the catholic church is very much so a church around repetition in structure, um, and that's really not what the non-denominational church preaches to an extent. Have you, you, you grew up in non-denomination pretty much, right? Yeah. Okay. What about you guys, Thomas and Mac? Mac and I went to the same church, Christian Missionary Alliance. What is that just like a non? No, I mean, it's no. its own denomination. Okay. Like it's internationally recognized as a denomination, but yeah. it's def, it's probably in my experience, the closest thing to non-denominational that's not. And then we all kind of have an Assemblies of God background from school. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, I mean, I grew up Methodist and Pentecostal, which is very different yeah, from each other, but I grew, up very in both, I grew up in both at the same time. It was pretty cool. It's cool to have both sides. Hmm. Um, so anyhow, yeah, I'm like, all right, I'll give it a crack. Woke up in the morning, um, got all dressed up, and I went in. Um, now, I would never let a first experience um, let dictate my um, opinion of any type of denomination or anything for that matter, whether it be a restaurant or anything like that. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. Um, if I get bad spaghetti, it's bad spaghetti. <laughs> well, I guess a restaurant would be <laughs> But um, you, you get what I'm saying. Like, you, you, you can't ever go into something. I mean, because, I mean, our, our church has bad Sundays too, you know? Yeah, you got problems. Uh, yeah, nobody's perfect. Um, it's, actually, but it, it's actually what Pastor Nick's preaching on this this series. Really? It, yeah. But um, it was good. 
honestly, aside from the fact that I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. And I wanted to be Mr. Confident, so I sat up near the front. Oh, my gosh. Are you... What? <laughs> I just... I don't I don't like whenever people sit in the back. That's I don't sit I'm, in the front of the church that I go to. That's just how I was trained, um, to never sit in the back. Um, but, yeah, go to the front. You definitely... Should, okay, before you continue, should you have stayed in the back or should you have gone to the definitely front? Definitely should have went to the back. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... I, I'm really hard to embarrass, but I was pretty embarrassed. Because <laughs> you don't know how to sing in Latin. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. I didn't know anything, and I so I didn't do anything. I sat there like I always sit there in church, and everybody else is like, did you know they have like things that like you you flap down from underneath the pew to like get on your yeah. knees? Yes, I knew that. <laughs> Dude, so it, it's like bang, bang. I'm like, what is going on in the church? I'm smashing down these... Um, I don't know what you call it. Altar, knee, sure. bender it's thing. Kneeling pad. Kneeling pad. Did they do communion? Yes. I went there. <laughs> I, but I, I, didn't, so I didn't do any of their anything. Because okay. like I, I feel like if I did it just to fit in, that takes away the reverence from their movement. And I think they respect that too. Right, right. At Which, least I've been, to, I've been to Catholic churches where they're like, yeah, if you're not a part of the church, don't take communion with us. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to do anything. I mean, even to the point where, like, I didn't even, like, sing a lot of their songs or anything. Because I don't know anything about their religion. One, I'm not willing to dabble with something inside the spiritual realm that I don't know about. Um, and two, I just didn't want to take any reverence away from their movements. I agree with the taking reverence away from their movements. But also, dabbling with the spiritual realm, I don't think you're in danger with that. No, no, I don't think yeah. I'm in danger. But, like, I don't know anything about it. And I don't want to, I don't, I just don't think that you take away respect. Like you That's don't mess same, with that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's their thing. I just kind of want to observe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I'm should've going. Should have sat in the back. <laughs> definitely should have sat in the back. Should have sat in the back. But yeah, I was the only one that was sitting there during communion. I don't care. Like did, I said, I don't care. Did you go by yourself? Yeah. Okay. I also would never do that. Just because I'm a very anxious and uncomfortable person going See, by I'm myself. See, I'm not at all. That would make me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, if I was by myself, I definitely would have sat in the back. Really? I, like, I know everyone at our church, and I still sit in the back. I sat, I, like, our church doesn't have a balcony. I sat in the balcony today. Yeah. It's just like an office up there with a bunch of tools and stuff. I sat up there for second service. Yeah, I don't know. Some, some say I'm crazy. Um, but are. it was uh, it, it was good. Um, There's just a, a lot, like I said, this is my first experience. There's just a lot of singing and repetition and um just things that people do every week but i mean we have a lot of same things too but, but what's interesting i'm not saying that's a bad thing by any means i honestly think that some people need that but what the message was about it was only about a 10 15 minute long message very very short um i think that's pretty normal really and the rest of the service was just around singing and doing ceremony things did, did the did the is it a pastor priest priest did the did the priest uh, recite scripture in Latin? Uh, yeah, some things. Yeah, I think that's a big chunk of it. And then Which singing is pretty songs cool in, Latin. in a sense, you know. But um, anyhow, so it, yeah, it went well. I ran into a couple people that I knew afterwards, which was nice. Oh really? Yeah. What, what? Where'd you go? Just right down the road here, man. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I it don't want to. Pretty. I don't wanna, yeah, yeah. It was pretty. a pretty church. They are pretty churches. Or chapel. I don't know what Catholics call. It. I think it's chapel. Um. Oh, geez. Cathedral. Yeah, yeah, kind of. That's those are the big ones, though. There was another certain name. But um, <clears throat> kind of my what this the service was actually about, or mass, whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> what it, what it was about was one plus one equaling two, um, which was fairly interesting for my first Catholic thing because it what what the main idea was around um, how. God was born, and regardless of denomination or how we practice, nothing can change that. And as long as we bring glory to that, um, and we believe that, then everything's going to be all right. Um, and how he's saying that, like, do you want to be... He's talking about the different ways to heaven, essentially, in a sense. Um, and he said, if, if you had kids and you and you were deciding for your kids what school they would go to 
school one said one plus one equals two and that's what they taught and they had their math class and your kids were forced to go x amount of days every week so on and so or throughout x amount of days over the year so on and so forth very regimented if that was school one and you also had the opportunity to send your kids to school two who inside of school two didn't have any type of math class they didn't have a regimented number of days that they needed to go each year inside of their math classes one plus one equaled three so things weren't quite as good inside of the actual school itself the education wasn't as good but you had a lot more freedom and flexibility to do whatever you want which school would you send your kids to i mean obviously any parent in their right mind would send their kids to school one so what he was saying is having the right habits disciplines repetition around doing something that you don't want to do every day is what makes you a better person in the long run which is really interesting it's a good sermon yeah it was it was actually pretty good and i mean it's not, i got something out of it and it was quick brief short to the point but my question is with all of the ceremonies and the religious aspects of spirituality um what really is the purpose and is there anything wrong with that type of thing so i started thinking like okay some people that's what his sermon was around in a sense one plus one equals two is there anything wrong with having a serious regimented way of serving or is the way that we're serving okay too he was alluding that it's really not um, around like the non-denominational style where you have more freedom, flexibility, go to church if you want to. So, so on I so bet forth. that made you think a lot. Yeah, it was a really, really good sermon for, for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it made me think like, okay, going back to Exodus, what got me into the Catholic Church today to begin with? Are we not taking things seriously enough? Um, and kind of the answer through my thoughts were, I think that we have to, I think that we have to take it seriously if we need to take it seriously and we need that structure to take it seriously. Um, but we've had past podcasts on why structure isn't necessary and why it doesn't matter what denomination you go to. And as long as you believe what you believe and that belief is what the Bible says and it's true, then what's wrong with that? So I don't think that there is a right or wrong answer, and I think that I had a lot of negative connotations around Catholicism before stepping into the Catholic Church because um, as far as all of the the ceremonies and sacraments and rituals and things go, um, I always saw that as a little bit pointless in a sense, and I thought it was kind of silly, but what if it helps some people? Is it really that silly then? I don't know. Uh, I, I always say this, and I'll stick to it. I respect anyone that is an actual practicing Catholic that actually sticks to the regiments and stuff because I do think they are helpful. I think that it teaches you a sense of discipline, but I don't think that, and this is me, my personal opinion, I don't think that all of the things that they do are necessary. Yeah. But I, I respect anyone that does it because you're more disciplined than I am. Right. I, like, I don't read my Bible every day. I don't say prayers every day to... I mean, they say it to people other than God, but... Which is something else I want to touch on. But they're way more disciplined than I am, and I respect the heck out of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I I just... But the other side of me says, if God's original... um, if If the Israelites' first tabernacle that they built was that structured in the ceremonies that he instructed them to do were that important and that necessary in the the clothing that they wore and the cleanliness that they had before they stepped into this place to worship if if that was such an importance inside of the israelite culture of worship then why do we say it's not okay to not have that importance now what why is it okay for us to show up to church in our pajamas on sunday morning like and not have any type of like respect physically is we're stepping into that realm i i would say it comes back to culture is changing and so does everything else yeah. alongside I, that I, I would also say that the time the time difference i mean if you look even there's there's how much it changed from exodus to 
Corinthians. In the in in the Christian church, in the early church, they didn't even meet at a church building. They met in people's houses. Mm-hmm. That's probably where the informality came from, because all all of it, you know, all of the old stuff had been done away with. Right. So why why would they continue to do it that way? My my answer is Jesus. Okay. Jesus came to My answer is different. My my answer is Jesus because Jesus came to get rid of the old law. Okay. All right. But But I okay, I'll preface that with saying I do think that there is an amount of reverence that we have lost that still needs to be there. Oh, yes. I, yeah. I agree with that for sure. So so yes, it does it, it does change. Religion does change, but it can also change for the worse. Yeah. Not for the better because taking this back to <coughs> Catholicism um, the Catholic Church um, the cathedral that I was in if that's what you call it was beautiful on the inside very very elegant very ornate um, and that is a lot of a lot of the structures and things that they do um, remind me of some of the things that I would read about inside of Exodus um, around like 25 chapter 25 chapter 32 in between there a lot of the the way that their church is structured the way that they dress and the way that um, the priest is dressed and things like that and the cross that on a pole that they carry up the aisle beforehand and things like that that those are all things that remind me of Exodus so yes the church can change but does it change for the worse as well? And is it can change for better, but it could also change for worse. Who's to say that we have the authority to change it in any way, shape, or form? And that's why I think I have a little bit of respect for the Catholic Church now. I think one of the best examples of changing for the worse could be the Crusades. Oh, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> like were, if you look that at that, was the that, Catholics. Was, that was not... <laughs> yeah. That was not no, a good I, 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 I do agree with but. you. I like there. There are, you know, the the Catholic Church does have some redeeming qualities about it. It just gets such a bad rap because of the negative things that have happened yeah. from those within it. Yeah, I also think that Over they the have some few years. Inc- like, and this is with every denomination. I think every single denomination has incorrect doctrine, but. If we took all of the denominations and shoved them together, it would be exactly what the Bible teaches. Yes. If if we took all the stupid things, That's why I think denominations are stupid. Yeah, like like the the Catholics, right? Their repetition and things like that. If we had that in normal churches, I say normal churches, the churches that we mm-hmm. go to mostly, non-denominational normal churches. Normal to you. Normal to me. Yeah. <laughs> The the church the non denominational churches and stuff like that, if we took all their discipline and put it into what we do now, the things that we would do for God are immeasurable. And then if like a lot of people think Pentecostals are crazy because they're like they're jumping around, they're speaking in tongues, they're healing, they're like all that stuff. A lot of Pentecostal churches, sure, faking it. Many of the other ones, that, that stuff's real. If we took the the faith of a Pentecostal, shoved that in another church, and the the discipline of a Catholic, shoved that in a church, and and the freedom of a non-denominational, shoved that in a church, you have a crazy congregation of people that has all of these tools to do what God wants. You have the original early Christian church. Exactly. (laughs) And, And I feel like all of these denominations, they've all taken tools that mm-hmm. God gave us and they've made it theirs and that other churches were like I don't like that tool I like this tool I'm going to use that one yeah. if we just took all of the tools back and put them in the same bucket you could get the entire job done mm-hmm. but we have one church over here with a hammer another church over there with a saw you can't build a house with just a hammer you can't build a house with just a saw Good and so like if we could just take all of the tools put them back we could build the house again Good analogy. Yeah, I came up with that on the spot. I'm proud of that. That was good. Good job. Um, yeah, so that's <clears throat> that's the general gist, but it, it got me thinking more on the Catholic Church, what they believe, things like that. Um, 
Now, something that you brought up earlier that I said I wanted to come back to um, was them praying, was them praying into, um, praying to different like saints mm-hmm. and things like that, um, which is very odd. I don't know enough about it to hate it, but I don't love it. Well, <clears throat> what are we supposed to pray to? So, so I guess my major problem with it is Catholic, and I could be completely wrong, but what I've been informed is that Catholics don't believe that they can communicate with God personally. Yeah. I very much so disagree with that. I think the whole God coming down on earth was him trying to tell us that he can communicate with us personally. Look at Adam and Eve. That's all God wanted was to communicate with humans personally. And so I don't agree with that part. Mm-hmm. And like, did you do uh, confession? No, I didn't get that. No, did I go into? Yeah. No, 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 no. Why not? That that that's not a thing that it's like only Catholics. Like people off the street can do confession. They do that no, on no, purpose. No, no, no. I wasn't gonna. Are you saying to, today? Did I do? Confession? You didn't go like sit in the booth and do confession. No, no. I don't think you do that every time. Do you? Are you supposed to do that every time, or is it afterwards? I don't know. Well, well, from my limited knowledge, if you, it's like your first time in a Catholic church. Confession is a thing you can go do because you've never been in a Catholic church before. Uh-huh. So they're like, yeah, come do it and talk to the the priest about your sins because the priest is the only person who can help you atone for those. Oh. And which is something that I don't understand. Either. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. So the priest is the only person that can communicate with God. So you have to communicate to the priest so that the priest can communicate to God for you. Right. And that's the thing that I don't like. Right. I don't like that either. So, so why were we saying this? Well, what I was getting into <laughs> is them, uh, praying to um, saints and things like that. Because like oh. you said, there's needs to be some type of intermediary there, um, which I don't agree with either because um, if you think about like intermediaries and things like that, I'm not saying that those are idols. Um, but what I am saying is that during or right around the time of the Protestant Reformation, okay. that is what got... Um, We're talking like Martin Luther? Yes. Okay. That, that is, I mean, what caused the um, Martin Luther's big uprising and whatnot was breaking away. Because the, the church started, the Catholic church started um, like charging people to for spiritual deeds and things like that to and, do things And for they them. wouldn't let them read the Bible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's something that, uh, I mean, that's what got Martin Luther started on his thing. But, um, was it the 13th thesis? 95. Oh, dang. <laughs> you were close. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the, that's why I was saying like I think the church can change in a bad way too because the Catholic Church did. Absolutely. And um, they started... And that's not just Catholics. That's yes, every... That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that was something that as I was researching it, I found very interesting and kind of intrigued me was that they started taking advantage of these people because, yes, they couldn't read their Bible, and that was Martin Luther's big shtick, was getting a Bible into everybody's hand, and he translated it into German. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Catholic priests hated him, absolutely hated him because he was calling them out on all their BS. Took their power away. Yeah, so what he did was made sure that he made the Bible as accessible as possible to everybody that wanted to read it. And... Um, as he incorporated that into the printing press and things like that, it really started to take off. And that's whenever you saw a massive drift away from um, Catholicism and more into Protestants. Can we just take a minute and respect the fact that there are people that used to write the Bible yeah, by it's hand? Crazy. That's a lot of writing. But, I mean, he was... He was threatened to be excommunicated, which he laughed at because he thought that was stupid to, in, in the first in the first place. But um, it just it intrigues me that the more research I did, and I don't know this for a fact, but um, based off my initial research, it sounds like in order to be Catholic, you need to have some type of exact conversion, and if you do. Um, you need to be a, some type of member of a church or like sign paperwork mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, 
And one of the folks that was talking about it mentioned, like, if you have some type of spiritual experience. Wait, folks, like today you talk to? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. I wish. Nobody really talked to me. Um, Okay, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. But um, the more that I started to research into it, I started to find that, like, the time that you become a Catholic or accepted into Catholicism doesn't happen whenever, if you have that spiritual experience inside of your room and you feel the presence of God and you confess your sins. It doesn't happen then. It happens when you sign on the line. I actually think that they uh, kind of, if you have that spiritual experience, and I'm not, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure they kind of just were like, yeah, that wasn't real. I don't know about that. But this was coming from like a... Because uh, they believe that God can't talk to you unless you're a priest. Yeah. So that's that's the stuff that like I'm saying I, I don't I don't really know about and that is that is the type of thing that got Martin Luther on his on his deal soapbox yeah and it's really interesting because I mean they were threatening to kill him um, other people were threatening to kill him and he actually had to run off on a hiatus for a while just to get away from everybody because they were literally going to kill him and like he was on trial and so on and so forth and he started getting so the church was taxing people, um, taxing them for their animals and things like that. And they, they continued to, like, church taxes and, and stuff like that. that right there is why Jesus flipped the temple tables. Yeah, right. taking They're taking money off of the people and telling them we're doing this because the, the Bible says that that's what we need to do. But they couldn't read. These servants and, servants and people couldn't read, so they didn't know any better. So Martin Luther was trying to achieve... Um, spiritual freedom, religious freedom to do whatever he wanted. Um, and the church hated that mm-hmm. because the church people liked their power and they were mad at him for calling him out on it. So he was trying to achieve religious freedom, but whenever he started mass producing these Bibles and getting this information into people's hands that couldn't read, they started calling out the church and the priests on their BS because they started reading the Bible and saying, the church, the Bible doesn't say anything about this tax. It doesn't say anything about how much money exactly we need to give you to confess for our sins or be forgiven of this or that in the spiritual realm. It doesn't say any of this. So then it actually started causing social unrest, not just political or not just religious, religious unrest. So it's like, it was like a mess of grabbing as much freedom as you can and because these people started to become a little bit enlightened and their eyes were open to what the church was actually doing to them not just on a religious level but on a social level as well and that's where you really got to give martin luther a lot of credit like in my opinion like this dude's a badass like the more the more that you like read about him like he he's he was a cool dude because like he he's he's standing out i'm not i'm <laughs> I'm not mad that you called him it. I'm just mad that you used the word. Uh, there's no other way to say it. <laughs> yeah, but now I have to make the episode explicit. There's no other way to say it. I'm sorry that there's no, there's no other way to say it because we were doing so good. If you if you listen to the stuff that if you listen to like some of the things that he said like while he was on trial, like he he's just so you, like so you did a lot of research into Martin Luther here is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like what started the Protestant faith? You mm-hmm. know, they were protesting. Catholicism and something else that was that was funny was inside of um, inside of like Rome and inside bad of, mama jamma would have worked <laughs> yeah sorry um, inside of like Rome everybody inside of their households had their own idols um, and you talk about like all the Greek gods and like the religion behind like ancient Rome and things like that a lot of folks like had their own idols in their houses um, now, what the Catholic Church did was come in and tell them, okay, you can still have these same idols, but in order to keep those same idols, you need to rename them something biblical, at least. Mm-hmm. And that you can still continue to worship. Yeah, that's and, messed up. Yeah, and, well, not worship, but like use them in a sense to like pray to and stuff like that. You think now, that do you think that's where the saints came from? That is where the saints came from. Oh! Yeah. So... That is why, I mean, so is that okay? Just because we changed the name, we made it something biblical, it's still some type of idol. In a sense, it's not, it's not, it's using a mediator, not going straight to God, which, is that okay or is that not? I don't know. So can can you elaborate on that is where the saints came from? 
like like they turned the idol that they were worshiping into just hey this is saint paul now yeah yeah okay so i mean i don't know exactly how it happened you know what i mean but like it's somewhere along those with lines. with that i see a danger immediately red flag um if you're worshiping an idol that idol can't like so it's a weird thing to talk about because there's a lot of people that don't understand the spiritual realm but that idol can manifest into a spirit pretty much and become a thing yeah and if you then just change that thing's name the being didn't go away so you could be praising a demonic presence and just calling it saint paul or whatever and, and i don't know if that's how that worked because i don't i didn't look into it but that's my immediate red flag where it's like you could have been worshiping zeus and then you just change his name to saint paul well the the deity being of zeus or zeus zeus dr zeus um the the zeus is still that same thing you just gave it a different name mm-hmm. so I, I see that as a red flag immediately but I, I don't know enough about it to hard plant yeah but what my thing is is like there's a there's a lot of i mean you you can poke holes through what we believe too by all means i i mean i i feel pretty confident in what i believe but like i know that there's things that i don't know i mean that's where faith steps in because sooner or later you have to take um you have to step forward in some capacity somewhere i'm learning because like we went to bible school our whole lives and so like we we graduated. You were, we were kind of cocky, like, oh yeah, I know this. Yeah, like I know the Bible front and back. With this study that I'm doing on Exodus, I'm learning so much more. How much I don't know yeah. about actual biblical things, because you just you look into history and it's like, well, that's not how that went down. Yeah, so much. Has I was changed. I was taught this. That's probably not exactly right. Like something that something that stuck out in my head is. Uh, Thomas, we were talking about Exodus the other day, and I said, I don't know who wrote it, and you and Moses wrote it. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, we were taught Moses wrote it, but that could have just been someone giving us an answer because they didn't know the right answer. And they were like, yeah, it makes sense that Moses wrote it. Um, And and I don't know. I don't know why I was thinking about that. I think I might have heard someone say that someone else wrote it, but uh, I'm not sure. But it's just interesting, like, Think about think about the way that you treat kids, right? A kid comes up to you with a question, and you're just going to give them an answer to get them to shut up. When in reality, it'd be much better if you just said, "I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know the answer." Yeah. And it becomes a very dangerous thing when that you're... becomes the next tradition. Yeah, because now they're like, "Oh yeah, this is it. This is the answer." Because I was told that one time by a teacher. Right. It's like, well, that teacher. Now that I'm growing up and realizing who my teachers were Nathan Rogalski's a teacher and I'm like oh okay my teachers didn't really know much yeah like, like we, we were friends with a bunch of te- like people that graduated from Slippery Rock that were teachers and I was just like these were the people that taught us <laughs> like what yeah it is crazy and like not to not to talk smack on them I'll talk smack on Nathan yeah but they're just normal people yeah they're just yeah. normal people that like I hang out with every day and I'm like I held my teachers to this reverence. Yeah, yeah. But like, no, that that's a normal person that goes out, has their own issues. Like, why did why did I do that? Right, and that's why I think it's so important. Um, well, I actually um, I spoke um, to Mrs. Conaway's economics class um, seniors. Um, they just wanted me, or Mrs. Conaway just wanted me to come in and just give a general rundown on finance. Things like that. Just a guest speaker. I don't know. She thinks I know something or something like that. Um, and whenever I first got there, um, the one kid in the class that said he, he's always he was quiet. This kind of like, why why are you so quiet? You're always asking why. You're always asking like why is that? Why? Like what does that mean? Why do we do that? And I'm like that is so unbelievably important to continuously do. Um, not just, I mean, our conversation was mainly around money and finance and things like that, but I'm like, not just around like money and why I should put my money here, why I should do it there, but just like in life in general, like, I think that that is, did you plug the podcast? No, I <laughs> Come on. I, I guess I should have. Um, but I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why 
our culture is in the tailspin that it's in now is because people stopped asking why yeah. on things. And I, I think that that's what we see. That is what we saw started Martin Luther's um, big kick inside of the Protestant Reformation. Mm-hmm. Because he started asking why, like, why are we doing for these things, diving diving into himself. Okay, what does the Bible actually say about these things? And like to reel it all back in now, to me, it's important that we know that we started with the Bible. We know that we have all these examples with the Bible. Where man takes it, I don't think is important. These are my personal beliefs now. I don't think it's important where man takes it. I don't think it's it's important um, how many steps we have to take to get there as long as we believe what's in the Bible and we do what the Bible says. I, I, I still feel pretty strongly as to where I was at around the denominations debate on I like I believe in the Bible I believe what the Bible says and I try to do what the Bible says and obviously I'm imperfect but I'm continuing to learn and the more that I learn the more that I realize that there's a lot of examples inside of the Bible and God gives us a lot of advice and as long as we do that who cares what you really call yourself mm-hmm. I agree I think uh, just going back to plugging the podcast that was your perfect open yeah it was messed up and be like, oh, yeah, you should always think about that stuff. Actually, me and my friends think about that stuff all the time. We ask questions and with this podcast. Yeah. I like I actually do that all the time. I don't know if you guys know. I like every time I'm in a conversation and someone talks about something anywhere near what we talk about, I plug it. Yeah. But um, marketing. That... I did. Dude, I, I was in a marketing meeting the other day for my job (laughs) and I plugged it three times and the third time I was like I'm not trying to like shamelessly plug here and the the guy went no it's okay (laughs) but with that being said I'm not done um, with my research here I think that there's still a lot more to learn I do have a lot of respect still Um, probably more respect than I originally started today with for the Catholic Church and the folks that do practice Catholicism um, I'm just trying to figure it out for myself. I actually, I don't know if I said this to you guys in the group chat or not, or if I just said it to Matt or something, but I really, really, really want to have a conversation with a Catholic exorcist. Hmm. I want to have a conversation with a Catholic that his job is to exercise demons. I ju- there's Because the Catholics have their own way of doing it oh, really? and their own beliefs in all this stuff. And it's just, I want to know just their brain. I want to pick it. Hmm. I want to see what the Catholics think about the spiritual realm. Because it, I can sit here and I can pick the brain of, just for example, Pastor Nick, right? Hmm. Pastor Nick has a limited experience in his own life and then a limited net, overarching net uh, network of people to, to talk to. And... The Catholic Church, it's this very, very old entity that has schools just for this stuff. And to be a exorcist in the Catholic Church, it's like a, it's like being a Green Beret hmm. or a Navy SEAL. You go through the initial boot camp, and then you have to go through the extra camp. And it's just, I would be very interested to have a conversation with that type of person that has has that ancient knowledge of like the overarching catholic entity and it would just be very interesting to see to talk to people like that because yeah. over the years they like the catholics have to have a library of just journals about all, oh, is it the vatican do they have a library there of all this stuff no, i'm sure they do <laughs> dude i dude i would explode from joy of just getting to, I probably couldn't read the books. They're probably in Latin, but like just being able to read that stuff and actually see what their journals are of all these ancient knowledge and findings. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. But I think Thomas found Moses. Yeah, are we gonna talk about that now? Yeah, we got a couple minutes. So yeah, you asked about Exodus being written by Moses. Um, Can you get closer to your mic? No. So, I was studying Bible. Mosaic authorship of Exodus is unhesitatingly affirmed. Who's who's the study Bible written by? John MacArthur. I don't know him. He's a big Bible guy. 
Anyways, um, I'll, I'll, I'll Exodus, Exodus 24, verse 4, and Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord, and he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain. Da, 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 da. Um, that's, the, that's the commandments, though. Not the whole book. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, and then it's, there's New Testament corroborations. Just going to give one quick example. Dude, you're so far away from the microphone. Mark. He has like four bookmarks in (laughs) his Where we go here? Mark, chapter 12, verse. Hold on. 26. Uh, So far away from a microphone. But concerning the dead that they rise have you not read in the book of moses in the burning bush passage how god spoke to him saying i am the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob which is exodus 13 verse 20 two. dang um oh, hold on So my initial question with that one Sorry. is: three, six. Are we sure Exodus just wasn't called the Book of Moses back in the day? Three, six. Uh, I am the God. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So it directly quotes it, saying that it was the Book of Moses. But what if it was just called the Book of Moses and then they changed well, the so name? We're going to have Moses to do did. a whole other podcast. I, listen, I'm just saying. John MacArthur said Here, it's completely wanna, confirmed, but like the scripture didn't confirm that to me. At, at, at some time during his 40-year tenure as Israel's leader, beginning at 80 years of age and ending at 120, Moses wrote down this second of his five books. More specifically, it would have been after the Exodus and obviously before his death. Hmm. The date of Exodus around 1445 B.C. dictates the date of this writing in the 15th Is that That's the study. Century. That's the study Bible, right? That's not the actual scripture? Right. So, okay, so the, right in that, there's an argument. 1445 BC, there are do two. Do the freaking research yourself. I am <laughs> doing the research myself. There are two beliefs for when the Exodus occurred, 1445 BC, and another one I don't remember. But even that is debated in scholarly research. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it, there are so many things that I can sit here and but, be like, well, devil's advocate. I think it was Genesis that was basically declared by the biblical scholars that it wasn't written by just Moses mm-hmm. or like four other authors. But yeah, like overall the Torah, <laughs> the first five books of the Bible are... This was one of them. Yeah, dedicated to pretty much So you Moses. just sat down like busted out Exodus? Apparently. Dude, that's so cool. Can you imagine? <laughs> just writing the story of your own life? <laughs> yeah, like that kind of story too. Like you imagine like Doctor Strange from the Marvel movies where he's like levitating and just like writing with his eyes closed <laughs> yeah, yeah that's how i see that's how moses was up on the mountain with God. yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool. okay any final thoughts from anyone yeah it was actually 300 people for gideon was it yeah okay sorry just wanted to clarify I'm dis- that i'm dyscalculic the, there there is there is one later on where he talks about a second battle where he only has 100 people but, yeah. what? Okay, then was it like 30,000 that he took down to 300? He's, he's, yeah, he started with... Um, he started with... Where does it say? With your too many... Oh, I'm not actually seeing a number here, but it says, whoever is fearful and tell them to depart and 22,000 people left. Okay, so he started with 32,000 because it said and 10,000 remained. And then out of those 10,000, only 300. Were so there's 32,000. Yes. Yeah, okay. So that, that's where my threes came from. Um, so final thoughts on the Catholicism uh, denomination debate? Anything? We're probably not done. No, probably. Well, I mean, we'll never be done. It's, it's, yeah. it's an ongoing conversation because we're not, we're not, like I said, with the whole house and tool analogy, I'm not condemning the Catholic Church in any way. Mm-hmm. I'm not condemning non-denominational churches in any way it's in my opinion 
every denomination of church has a tool that God has given us, but they've chosen to use it in a different way than we have. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I, there are things I don't like about every denomination, and uh, begrudgingly, I've had to pick one. I I I hate that Why I. Why do have you have to, to pick one though? Because I want to go to church, and non-denominational church is still a denomination. I think we need to start our own outreach. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> I mean, this is our own outreach. <laughs> but uh, the like, common chaos denomination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm not. Con- I just I don't even want to make a denomination. Period is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's called non-denominational. It's so weird, right? <laughs> the, the, but it's still a, a domin- denomination. But, the, but but non-denominational set out in the same mindset that we are. Uh, and and then it ended up becoming a denomination because setting out to be no denomination becomes be- the new is a denomination. <laughs> denom- yeah. Like like that's that is the definition of denomination. It's it's just there is never it, a non-denomination. So you have to pick one. Well, this is the conundrum that Casey's in with politics cuz I I'm like, okay, I'm a libertarian. Yeah, yeah. I'm a libertarian because I don't like left or right. Okay, well, if I say I'm a libertarian, then I'm playing into the <laughs> left and the right. That's why Casey Casey always says like people ask him like, "What's your political affiliation?" He's like, "I don't have one." Yeah. I am nothing, I which I actually really respect. I'm an American is, patriot. Yes. That's, that's I wouldn't even I call myself a patriot. I would just say I'm a I'm a man that's living in this rock. Yeah, I got I got birthed onto this one. We we have to give labels to things. It just sucks. Yeah. So so like I said, I was we were kind of forced to pick one, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that any are much better than the other. We all have our flaws, and like I said, that's what Pastor Nick's preaching on right now. Last week his his sermon was about I'm a pastor. I screw things up. You can't look at us as these perfect beings. Mm-hmm. So so every church, every denomination, everything has shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And we are forced to choose a side just because we want to be there. Because then, <laughs> this is where I'm at right now, you are forced to pick a denomination. And then when you don't go to church every week, they're like, well, why aren't you at church? Why? Because I don't agree with everything you say. But I still want to be a Christian, but I have to go to church for the other Christians to accept. And it's like, I just, I'm in this weird loop of like, I really like you guys, but I have stuff I don't like about you guys. But you don't like when I tell you the things I don't like. So then I just don't come. And then you get mad when I don't come. So like, I just, I'm just here now. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyone else? Final thoughts? No, that's it. I don't know enough about the Catholic Church to have any thoughts, really. Yeah, yeah I definitely would. I like just, to I just, I just don't agree with the whole like praying to people that aren't God. I, I like I said, and I like, would really I, like to talk to people. I yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I know nothing about it, so let's see if we can get a Catholic priest on here. That would be crazy cool. You need to go back. Get Dom Rosso from Dynamis Alliance. He's a Catholic. Yo, I want a priest. Someone that went through the training. He was a Navy SEAL, does that count? <laughs> no, it does not. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, in future episodes, we uh, we have some pretty cool guests that we're looking forward to getting on, uh, working on scheduling with some of them now. But uh, any any updates, things other than what we talked about this episode? Happy Thanksgiving. Yep, oh, yeah. yep. Thanksgiving will be Four. three days from when you hear this. Two days from when you hear this. Uh, and if you're listening to this two weeks after Thanksgiving. Merry why, Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> why didn't you listen to this the week it came out? But uh, this has been the Common Chaos Podcast. Thomas, what do they do? Check us out on Instagram at the Common Chaos Project, period, between all those words. And have a good Monday. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>